We're going to continue the series that we've been preaching on. How many can give a strong hand clap to Pastor Rowan and Pastor Ruben for parts one, two, and three? Oh my gosh, what y'all talking about? What you preached about before? And I just want to continue. One of the things that we like to do here at Christ Uncensored is, um, is read through a book of the Bible together every single summer. And this year we chose the first epistle or the first letter of a man named John that he wrote to a group of people in a city named Ephesus. And I'm going to be reading the first 10 verses for you guys and then we're going to get right into it. Because uh, I know some of us got some, maybe some dinners to go to, maybe some of us got some a beach to go to or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I read starting at verse 1 of chapter 3. And it says, see what kind of love the Father have, has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Stay with me to the end, please, after you hear these verses. Don't, don't leave. <laughs> you know that he appeared to take away sins and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteousness as he is righteous. Whoever makes a... When I, before I read this sentence, don't look at the person next to you. Don't look at the person behind you. Just read what I'm reading on the screen. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God nor is the one who does not love his brother. That's a whole lot of devil for a Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon that's a whole lot of devil for Pastor Marquez by the way I'm I'm gonna be sharing a word with you guys on the heels of what Pastor Roe preached to us weeks one and two and what Pastor Reuben preached last week and and in week one Pastor Roe talked about how Christ is the light of the world and how that light can never lead us into darkness how many enjoyed that part one I was like, man, that is so good. That is so good. I, I was waiting for all the lights to shut off and him to just have like a flashlight. I thought that would have been kind of weird. Um, week two, he said he, he talked about how he wasn't questioning the followers' faith in Jesus. He was asking them to examine their fellowship with Jesus. In other words, when we're reading this book and we're reading through some of these verses, we should never feel condemned. We should never feel judged. We should never feel ostracized. 
And from this pulpit, not only to our YouTube audience, but to everybody in here, if someone has ever used any of these verses to make you feel anything less than how God feels about you on behalf of them, I apologize. And I say I am sorry because that is never what God intended when this was written. That is not what God had in his mind when this was written. He talked about the, the what was it about sin? What was the three things? Yes, the, the sin dilemma. Yes, the sin dilemma. If you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. But the sin dilemma, he talked about how sin gives access to the enemy. He talked about how sin hurts you and others. We also talked about how you've been made brand new. So sin shouldn't even be part of the equation. Amen? Y'all with me so far? Some of you are like, man, I ain't come for this. I don't know what you came for. I mean, you came to church. <laughs> Week three, Pastor Reuben. Where's Pastor Reuben? I don't see him. Oh, there he goes. He's running around. Why are you so fidgety, Pastor Ruben? <laughs> Week three, Pastor Ruben preached about not forgetting our keys. And he was talking about how John was telling or commanding his, he wasn't telling or commanding the church. He was simply reminding them. And this shook me when he said this. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like really, really good. Right, because there was an ancient philosopher. I love philosophy. I love questioning things. I love asking questions. I love asking things that I think I believe myself. There was this man named Socrates. And, and Socrates believed that human beings are born with innate knowledge, right? And what this, what this means is that when you come into this world, you come into this world with all the knowledge that you're ever going to need to do what you need to do in this world. And what happens in your life is that someone comes along and reminds you. So, so I'm not telling anyone anything new. I'm here to remind you. I'm here to become God's echo this afternoon of things that God has been trying to say to you in different ways. Maybe it's been a song for one of you. Maybe it's been a movie for one of you. I don't know if some of you are as weird as me, but God has spoken to me through his prophet Eminem. Like, I've put some M&M on, and I've gotten some good sermons. I'm, I'm not saying his music is anointed. Like, don't leave just yet. You might want to stay. I, I'm just saying that God will use whatever means possible, even setting you up on a Sunday when you came to show off your good clothes, even doing that to get a word across to you. When I think about what Pastor Reuben said last week, I'm reminded of the Apostle Peter. When he said, if I have to remind you over and 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 over again who you are in Christ and what Christ did for you. Uh, Jesus is always going to be the center of the message. Jesus is always going to be the center of every song. Jesus is always going to be the motive behind anything that we do. And when that changes, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. He ended his sermon by saying, just remain in him and you'll know. Just remain in him and you'll know. And that's where I want to pick off. Um, I, I like reading. I don't know if anyone's ever joked or cracked jokes about me on the pulpit concerning that. 
uh, Pastor Ruben. Uh, but, but one of the books that I've read in the past is A Tale of Two Cities. Anybody ever read this? Some of you are like, yeah, I got a D. Um, a Tale of Two Cities, right? And in this book, he said this line that I want to start off with. He said, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. But these times were coexisting. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. And I looked up, I was like, man, what does this mean? So I went to Professor Dr. Google and Dr. Google said that the phrase suggests an age of radical opposites taking place at the same time. And when I think about what the Apostle John was writing, right, there was this man named John. He was writing about two opposites that were, that, that were being talked about in this church in a city named Ephesus. And he was like, there's, some, there's a group that's talking about Jesus, but there's a group that's talking about something else. There's a group that's talking about the grace of God, but there's another group talking about how you can do whatever you want to do and, and it doesn't really matter. There's a group that's, that, that's saying you are the righteousness of God in Christ. There's another group that's saying Don't, God will never love you. God will never be with you. If you sin, you're a child of the devil. You're going to like, like there's two different groups in the church. How many of you know that this is the reason that so many people are not in church? Because they come to church and they don't know who they're going to be speaking to. Am I going to talk to um, Dr. Jekyll today or am I going to encounter Mr. Hyde? Like, who am I dealing with on any given Sunday? Nobody here, I know. Praise God. And it's almost like there were two cities. Like, John was preaching to two different cities. But I love how he starts this chapter. He says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And what we're going to see by the end of these 10 little verses is that the reason the world did not know him is because some in the church did not know Jesus. And when we don't know Jesus, we improperly reflect our own ideologies of an angry God, of a bitter God, of a resentful God. How many of you have ever seen the picture, right, of, of, of God in heaven with a long white beard and a thunderbolt? It's more Zeus than God, but, but right, <laughs> we make them one and the same thing. And that's a lot of times what we encounter in churches and in people that do not want to come to church. But, but the Apostle John says, see what kind of love the Father has given us. I love first and foremost that he describes God as a father. But I also love the fact that he started his argument this way. The New American Standard Bible says, see how great a love, how great a love. Some of you guys came here today to celebrate love. The love of Pastor Roe and Lee and, and how they lead this church. So, so we came to celebrate that love. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, 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 and he's saying, see the, the, the love that God has for you, that he would call you a child of God. And then he says, and that's what we are. And then it says, the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. 
This is the same John that wrote in his gospel. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But to everyone who received him, he gave the right to become a child of God. You see, because when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not about doing something to gain entry. It's all about who you know. How many of you have ever been somewhere and you get to the line and you're making this line and you see two or three people that look a little bit less cute than you. You see two or three people that are dressed a little bit less cuter than your dress, especially this side. I don't know why you guys are like dressed so well. Um, you know, but, but, but they're, they're doing all this and all of a sudden they just get right in. And I'm like, yo, I've been here for two hours. What's good? Like I should be first. But how many of you know that a lot of times they get in because of who they know? And it's the same thing with the kingdom of God. It's the same thing with salvation. It's not about what you can do. It's not about what you can pay. It's not about how many times you can punch in. It's all about who you know. And the person you need to know to get in is the person I'm trying to introduce you to. His name is Jesus. He was born in a town named Nazareth. He was considered the son of a carpenter, but he was way more than that. How many of you know that he's way more than that? Mm. And the apostle says, I need you to see this. I need you to see how great this love is. And how many of you know that John was talking from a different place? John talked from a different place than Peter. John talked from a different place than another guy named Paul. You see, because when Jesus was, Jesus was crucified, John was right there. He had a front row seat. So when John writes, see how great a love, I could imagine that he was writing, I need you guys to understand that what I've seen is different than what other people have seen. I have a story. How many of you here sitting down have a story? Pastor Ruben was talking about how he doesn't preach Jesus because of something that was told to him or a book that he read from. It was from an experience that he had with this man named Jesus and with the love of this man named Jesus. See, there's some here, you, you can argue me out of my apologetical reasoning for my faith in God. But what you can't argue me from is that when I was 17 years old, when everyone else had given up hope, I heard God. I felt God in a hospital room. When I was laying there in a coma, I knew that I was going to open up my eyes. I knew I was going to get up out of that bed because God's presence was all over me, even though I had never set a foot in church. See how great a love. And then he says, beloved, we are God's children now. Somebody say now. You're never going to be more a child of God than what you are right now. You're never going to fast more and it's going to increase you being a child of God. You're never going to read the Bible more. There's no different degrees to being a child of God. You're either a child of God because you've believed in Jesus or you're not a child of God because you haven't believed in Jesus. You're, you're, there's just one level. And in that level, when you come to believe in Jesus, he looks at you and he says, you're beloved. You're beloved. I loved you. And if you come to me, you will be loved. 
you will be loved. That went, that went. <laughs> if you take that word, let me break it down a little. If you take that word beloved and you break it down, it means beloved. When Jesus is coming out of the water and, and the father sees him, he says, this is my beloved son. There were many times that John, when he talked about himself, I used to think he was conceited. I probably preached it a couple of times. <laughs> he was so conceited. He, he called himself the beloved. He called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. You see, but for John, that was all that held importance. The only thing that was important for John is that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I know we don't say it because that's beneath us, but that couldn't, that's the greatest truth that has ever been whispered, that has ever been said. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I'm going to be saying that to my baby before my baby comes out of the womb. Jesus loves you. This you need to know because the the Bible tells you so. In other words, if you're reading the Bible and you're seeing anything but the love of Jesus, you're reading it wrong. Uh, uh, don't get me excited, please, please. But he said, we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. In other words, when we see Jesus as he is, the world will finally see who we were always supposed to be. When we see him, when we behold him, Tanner Moore sung, we become what we behold. We become what we behold. How many of you have ever experienced that you focus on something so much that you become that thing? You become that thing because you focus. How many of you have ever criticized somebody so much, maybe for like a year, maybe for like for two, maybe you got mental issues, you've been doing it for three or four years. Because sometimes we just battle depression and sometimes we battle anger. Sometimes we battle bitterness and we take it, we point it in the wrong direction. We point it in the wrong direction. When Jesus says, if you behold me, you'll be able to hold on to who you were always supposed to be. Just, just look at me. And that's why I want to point you guys to this, this, this afternoon. I want you to point, I want to point you to Jesus because no one here is all that they're supposed to be yet. This is why we're having Vision Builder Sunday because one of the things that we believe here is that everyone is on a four step journey and it's a journey. And the only finish line is Jesus. When we reach Jesus, we reach the finish line. And some of us are just getting to know God. There's some of us that are finding freedom. There's some of us that are discovering purpose. There's some of us that are making a difference. But no one is greater than anyone. Everyone is on the same journey. And we want to help you on that journey. And that's why we know that God is about to give us a house. Because we're about to stay over Staten Island for the kingdom of God so that we can tell everybody look what great what a great love there is for you in Jesus in Jesus if we keep reading the next verse says and everyone who has this hope purifies himself as God as Jesus is pure and we read this we're like man I gotta purify myself I gotta change myself I gotta start doing things because he's pure that's not what it's saying 
It's saying when you put your hope in Jesus, the same purity that exists in him, it's automatically imparted into you. Before you pray even once, as a matter of fact, let me say this, after you say the prayer, Jesus, come into my life, I want to walk with you. That simple little prayer, two-second prayer, all of a sudden, all of his purity, all of his holiness, all of his righteousness, all of his goodness is imparted into your spirit. It's yours. In other words, everything that you need to live a life of victory is already inside of you. That's what John was trying to teach. John was saying, you guys are stressing and pushing so hard to be something that you already are. You already are this. He says, he he continues writing, I'm trying to get through this because it takes a shift. And all of a sudden you read and you're like, man, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness, lawlessness, sin is lawlessness. And you read this and you're like, man, I I think I'm included there. And all of a sudden you begin to put yourself in there because you're like, man, he's talking to me. But there was a shift where John was talking to the church and now he's talking to this group that Pastor Ruben talked about last week. There's a shift because now all of a sudden he says, there are some within you that are troubling you. They were a part of us, but they're no longer with us. Because had they been with us, they would have still remained in us. But that's who, when, when, when John begins to talk to, and he says everyone, he's saying these people. How many of you have ever been around a conversation like those people? John was kind of doing that. He was like those people out there that are troubling you. And they're trying to teach you that that, it doesn't matter. Your life doesn't matter. They're wrong. They're wrong because they're pointing you back to you. When they're supposed to be pointing you to the hope that's found in Jesus. They're pointing you in the wrong direction. Is there anyone that has ever gotten lost because you were a male of the male species like myself and although your wife was right beside you telling you the GPS is saying right, you said no, I know a shortcut, I'm going to go left and you got lost with your wife's intuition, the GPS, a stop sign, a yield sign, a red light and you ended up in the wrong place and then you blinked her. That was only me, babe. That was, that was only me. That was only me. <laughs> well, well, this is what the apostle John is saying. John is saying, no, I don't want you guys to do that. And he's saying, look, the word sin doesn't mean what you guys think it means. The word sin in the Greek, it means missing the mark. Missing the mark. And what John was saying is, I want to show you the mark. I want to show you the bullseye. Because the bullseye is the man that I've been talking to you since chapter 1, verse 1. And his name is Jesus. When you miss that mark, when you miss that bullseye, it doesn't matter how many points a church gives you. It doesn't matter how many titles someone might put beside your name. You're missing the mark. And if you miss the mark, Nikki was at Bury the Hatchet yesterday. We went there for your for your um, um, bachelor party, right? Everyone was trying to hit that bullseye because you know if you hit the bullseye just one time, your team automatically won. 
and, and we were hitting the top we were hitting the bottom we were trying to hit it with some more force I'm righty I went lefty because I was like the right hand isn't working you know we try to do this and this and that but we kept missing the mark there's some around us that sometimes they're missing the mark and they encourage us to miss the mark with them but John said no I don't want you guys to continue doing this I want you to hit the bullseye but in order for you to hit the bullseye you have to put your eyes in the right direction you have to look at the right thing you have to look for the right thing if we're looking for peace in people we're gonna throw it too high if we're looking for someone to give us that love that only God can live, give us, we're aiming it too low. If we're looking at, uh, at the church for the church to, to make us new, no, no, we're, we're, we'll be aiming at the side. Because the church is full of imperfect people, just like you. We're just trying, we're just trying to focus on Jesus. But then he makes us a promise, and with this I end. He makes us a promise. And he says, anyone who puts their hope in Jesus, they become righteous. And the, the, the Passion Translation says, they become righteous because the seed of God is within them, and they've been fathered by God. How am I going to live this impossible life? Because some of us don't come to church because we're like, yo, that life they ask you to live is impossible. Here we're not giving you a specific list of do's and don'ts because we've understood it doesn't work. We can't carry that list. We can't live that list and neither can you. So we say, let's take a journey. Let's take a walk. Let's chill. Let's have coffee together. Let's have some cake. If you know Sherry, her arroz en gandule, oh my God. I had so much fun with you guys. We went to the pool and I didn't swim because I don't know how to swim. Don't judge me, but I was in the pool. But, but this is what we're doing here. This is why we're trying to build the house. This is why we're trying to do what God has called us to do. Because we've come to realize that we need each other. We need each other's stories so that when I take my eyes off of Jesus, someone can help point me back in the right direction. And can we all stand? Can, can we all stand? Are you guys going to sing? Okay. They're going to sing a song and some of you guys, we heard it before. Right? And they started saying Jeshu and, and, and some of us were like, yo, what's that? Who is that? What is that? And it's just Jesus' name said in the native tongue. Jeshua. 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 That's the name we need to say. That's where our hope is found. That's where our righteousness is, our salvation is. That's where peace is. That's where hope is. That's where healing is. That's where restoration is. That's where, that's where salvation is. That's where everything that we've been seeking is. It's found in Him. 
and and I believe he's here guys I believe he's here and 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 as as we make our way to the front to worship and, and, and to and to give him glory and to remind ourselves that his is the kingdom and to remind ourselves that his is the honor and to remind ourselves that he is good and to remind ourselves that he is with us forever and to remind ourselves that he loves us and to remind ourselves how great a love oh 